Alright people, welcome to Hatrick and Ramsey Unleashed the People's Podcast. We're here for part two of the long-awaited interview with Marcello, the Italian stallion of Scotland. We're here a lot more about his gambling addiction and how he conquered it and also his depression and how he's um, fighting that battle and how he someday, how in life that has maybe felt like he's had a big rock tied round uh, his ankle and he's been thrown in the, in the river just to sink um, and but this is how he battled back and with good friends and um, around him uh, this is how he is battling forward and willing to conquer this once and for all by helping many people uh, along his path as he struggles and teaches other people how he, sort of his experience and to hopefully be able to help these people um, in a similar way that he's helping himself because that's what that's the one thing he likes to do is help people because he has a good heart inside him so please sit back relax get a cup of tea and enjoy Hatrick and Ramsey unleash the Italian stallion interview part two of Scotland <laughs> You're listening to Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed, the people's podcast. We are here to rock the podcast world. How did that um, mean? How long did you do taxis for or uh, in between? Episodes? It was part time. It was part time, you know, because of my health. You know, so, so what, what year was this roughly when you sort of started? Well, this was two thousand and three. You know, and uh, bought the house, uh, and then in two thousand and four, nearly two thousand and five, I bought the taxi, sold the house, and I got into gambling in the bookies and machines. And for my addiction, ladies and gentlemen, it was. The roulettes, that was my downfall. So that's when it started, so that started again? Yeah, that started again, but unfortunately, my God, the bookies with these roulette machines is ten times worse than the casino roulette. Mm-hmm. Okay? I never gambled before in, in Glasgow with the, the machines. It was always the, the wheel. That brown wheel goes round, you know, with the face of the devil underneath and then the sky... And then the sun very, very far away. You know, well, what I'm seeing is this darkness and there's lights, you know, and this was dark, you know. So, yeah, I started, I went and I walked into this place uh, in uh, Leith. And it was um, Ladbrokes, I recall. My first machine that I put money in. And £100 went in two minutes. And the cycle started, and the cycle started. My God, the money was just pouring out, pouring out. And I gambled so much money in the space of three months that I was left penniless again. And I just had this taxi that was feeding me, as in, you know, buying things. Obviously, still giving money to my kids, you know, every week. And uh, but my my you know I had no home there was no no home anymore I was living with my mum and dad you know I had a few holidays here and there but no big deal you know but the health was bad really bad and getting worse unfortunately 
you know, to the to the stage that I, tr- I committed um, attempt suicides uh, three to four more times with uh, overdose of medication, and uh, also trying to uh, crash into a wall as well. Uh, but you know, <laughs> I believe in God. You know, I really do. And um, I'm here to say this story. And the reason why I'm sharing it is because we all need sometimes more than one chance, but to actually, you know, have faith in ourselves that we can beat these addictions. Yeah. So you've, um, after all your with the situation with the bookies and obviously going through suicidal uh, scenario again um, what was your ne- what, what all happened next in your life what was your kind of okay the gambling and uh, I decided I knew I had a problem and I found out about Gamcare which is advertised on the machines so I asked uh, to in the bookies and the ones that I was I was using William Hill I was using Ladbrokes and I was using Corals I was using them all under the sun basically especially being a taxi driver was the, taking me everywhere I was going you know so and that, that was my problem they were even they were always opening up as they do open up before we used to have the the Asian shop opening up in every corner but now we have a bookies opening up in every corner you know exactly. so um, you know. Uh, I just basically just uh, um, uh, going back onto self exclusion. Yeah, I asked. Uh, this was uh, William Hill. Uh, no, Ladbrook. Sorry, first. Yeah, and um, that if how how do I go about self excluding, sir? I said to the the guy, and he said, "Oh, this is it. You just fill in your your um, application here." If you give me all your personal details and you give me a passport photograph and then we will send it away to our head office and as in from the signature that you put down here, you will not be allowed to come back in within five years to this shop and another five shops and then you'd have to go to another shop and take another five shops in the area of where you're living or the whole city but one stage by stage. I said, okay, uh, great, great, um, let me do this. And so I brought my photograph, I signed all the, the, the document and that was it. So I never actually went back myself for about maybe one week, two weeks. But then the arch came back and I went to the same place where I actually uh, excluded myself, self-excluded myself, and I was gambling again. But then something inside me, as in nerves, thing, I'm in here, but I'm not supposed to be in here. Why? Because they're not putting in place what they said they were going to put in place as in self-exclusion to not allow me back in this door, this damn door so I started questioning this, you know but I was still gambling, you know, and then I stopped and then I would actually, what I've done, going around the I actually smashed up uh, through a punch the place where I went, uh, between the five shops I went in, in, in initially to find out why I was not getting let, uh, um, allowed to be back in, but I actually went in with £10, and I actually won some money back then, you know, that £10. I think I won £100, you know, hey, I was lucky, but after all the thousands of pounds that I've blown, you know. <laughs> but after I won that £100, I actually, with my fists, I'll put it right through the machine. 
And everybody looks at me, especially the people working in there behind the counter where they've got their nice beautiful glass and all the money spent for all their technology and everything here and there and all these people with sad faces and bookies, no happy faces. Once in a while on a blue moon you would go, hey, I've won. But 99%, you're talking, hey, hey, big time losers, you know. So basically there's no happiness in this place. But anyway, cut long story short. On that specific day, I go straight up to the counter. I don't run out of the shop, even though I smashed this machine. And I says, what are you going to do about it? I'm not supposed to be in here. We are going to call the police. I said, call the police, I says. You know, at the end of the day, I'm not allowed in here. That's what I, I thought this is what the user are supposed to protect me from. You know, I'm not taking it out on you, sir, madam, because you don't even know me. You, you know, because I see that you change staff around all the time here. You know, and uh, obviously, you know, but am I not, do I not have a photograph, actually, that you, when I enter the shop, that you know, you recognise me, don't allow me in? Uh, what's your name? Marcello. Okay, and, but I said, where's, is the photograph not underneath the counter, I asked them. And they said, no, no, we, we can't do that, because obviously we have to protect the... Um, um, we have to protect uh, identification of people, and as you know, not ever can photographs cannot be displayed uh, to anybody that walks in behind our office. I said, well, how exactly do you know, and how do you find out who is self uh, excluded, who's barred themselves from your establishments? Oh, we have a folder. They said to me. And all the folder we have all the the photos, and we have to memorize as soon as we go in the morning. You know, all the faces of the people that have self-excluded. And I said to them, I said, excuse me, but that doesn't make sense to me. Number one, you're new in a shop, or even if you're working here for a week or two, whatever. Okay, people change appearance, as in they have a beard or something like that. You know, then you, busy place as it is, as you have switch cards, credit cards coming in, uh, uh, money getting exchanged for the machines, and you get payouts and you get pay-ins as for the, all the, the the dog races and the horse racing and the football coupons and all this business. You guys are working the minimum wage and you've got a busy, busy, busy job and hard work. How are you, gonna, how are you going to actually remember my face this in the morning with that? I said, why is my photograph not underneath the counter? Automatically, your eyes are going to go there as you're serving any customer. You see anybody come in the door and you will say, hey, you, stop. Out. Why have you not got that? Head office says to us, sir, that we, this is the way it goes. I said, oh, thanks very much. But anyway, you've got a smash machine there. I'm out of the door. If you call the police, your choice. So I walked out that day and no police came to me. Okay, this happened about maybe three times in the space of the smashing of a machine over two years. Until one day when my depression was really, really, really bad and I just actually really, really, this time I'd nearly done it again as well. And I'm not just saying this, ladies and gentlemen. I ended up in high flats living on the 17th floor of the high flats in the city. I had no money, I was I lost everything, I was living a, quite a rough life. I was not being able to work because of my thing. 
and I tried to commit suicide through the overdose of medication, which thank God it never worked. I was sick and I had a, you know I drank alcohol that time, even though I don't drink, because th thank God I never went into any other addiction of you know alcohol or drugs, you know. Uh, but most of the time, one addiction leads to another. I believe you know, especially when you're in, in a low uh, face over life, you know. So, my dear mother. My mamma, una mamma d'ora. Okay. She found this article on the Herald and Post, it was called. And by the way, I, I, you know, I was brought up as a Catholic boy, went to church, even though I used to yawn a lot, you know, I went to catechism as a kid in Italy. But I. I need to, I don't want to bring this up, you know, my father passed away five years ago now. But growing up in my family, my father actually, uh, a nice guy, nice guy, but at the same time, he had a couple of problems. He was quite ignorant because of lack of studies, and as in he could not read or write, and it was his choice not to learn on that. But also with, I think, that ignorance, even though he was a very hard worker, you know, he actually had a love of money and a jealousy, a jealousy of money. He actually used to argue with my mum night and day about hiding money. That You know, it was his, it was not. So I saw this in my childhood and everything. So basically, I think what I developed was actually a, a love-hate for money. Did not respect money. Which I do now, which I do not have much at all. I'm living very, very minimum. Uh, in, uh, income actually let's talk about benefits here you know let's talk about that okay because that's where it leads you to when you're not able to work and you have a mental problem and you have situations that are terrible you know but I'll go back into that at some other point you know so what I'm going to say here is uh, this love hates and of money I'm going back onto the Herald and Post that my mother actually found this article about healing. Because, you know, we'd been to so many doctors, even actually in Italy, in different places, in many places here in the UK, you know, and um, to find out a cure for, for, for this depression, this bipolar, you know. And I changed so many medications by that time as I still take my little pill here and there, you know, well, every day actually, you know, um, but it's not working, it's not been working until 2006. Held in post, healing. My mum says to me, Marcello, come on, you believe God, he's, he's saved my life so many times, he's, God is good. And I'm like, Ma, what are you talking about? God. <laughs> He's well forgotten about me because I used to actually curse God in many ways. As an Italians, we as Italians we, we mention God and Jesus, you know, in quite a full way sometimes. We we, we actually um even as a joke sometimes it's like we, we, we curse his name, you know. And the saints and all that kind of stuff, you know, and uh, I was like God, he doesn't really exist, actually, you know. That's how, that's how low I was and how unbelieving I was. But anyway, she said, come on, there's this guy called Ivan Squilino and he's doing a healing meeting and there's a place called Destiny Church. I says, ma, please leave it, forget it. 
So two weeks, three weeks, she's on to this, and this date was coming up for this actual pastor, Ivan Squilino, to come and do healing in this church, Destiny. She convinced me. Something gave in, I gave in, and either way, I knew I was in a bad place. By the time I knew that, you know, I was very, very, I don't know, I, I was obviously hoping for a, for something, you know. So anyway, she, she could, it was my mum. She made me, she's a very, very persuasive person, you know, especially because she loves very much, a loving person. So she brought me to this Destiny Church. When I entered this Christian church, I was like, what? This is church. This white, beautiful building, all this beautiful people, and as in the gospel music that was coming out, the sounds, I was like, this is not church to me. I'm used to the the hard seats and the, the, the mahogany and the crosses and the golds and, uh, you know, all this, you know, and the priests, you know, this is not church, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Fraser, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. yeah? And so, anyway, I, I was, number one thing, I went in and I found all these beautiful people that were coming up to me. Hi, you you new here, what's your name? Uh, where are you from? Uh, none of one of them asked me what I did, as in job-wise or anything like that. Basically material, what I had and this stuff. Like they all asked, oh, you know, where are you from? And they, they made me feel very welcome. Anyway, I listened to the, the, the Ivan Squilino and Peter Anderson, um, the, the pastor of uh, Peter Anderson of the, our city here, for the Destin Church. And he um, started preaching, actually. Their message was around addictions. And I was like, addictions? Um, <laughs> a lot of things started to relate, if you know what I mean. At the end of the prayer, sorry, of the message of the, the day, which went on for about 45 minutes or so, the healing started as in he called people for prayer even Squilino with an Italian accent you know cool guy <laughs> you know I never it's always used to the Italian priest you know um, but hey Italian pastor why not and, you know so anyway very funny guy he said hey I'm part of the godly mafia not the mafia you think is a bad mafia <laughs> you know <laughs> that, was, that was funny I thought you know but anyway I went for prayer as he lays hands on my head and he asked me, oh, you're, you're Italian, eh? I said, yeah. And so we spoke a few words in Italian, introduced each other. But then he's, he says, what can I pray for you through God? So he didn't say anything about his powers or anything like that. So he said to me, he said, what can I ask me, sorry? And I said, well, I'm a gambler. And I have depression, bipolar, whatever you want to call it. But things, what's life worth? I said, not much. I says, you know, so he said, my brother, he says, I will pray for you in the name of Jesus. So he put his hands over my forehead and he prayed so powerfully that I actually completely fainted and passed out. And I was on the ground maybe for about, I don't know, under a minute or something. And then a couple of people behind me, a man and a woman, they lifted me up the ground because my, my actual my, my my knees gave in completely, and I just I collapsed, ladies and gentlemen. 
But when I got back up, I just felt this inner peace and light going through, of energy going right through my mind and my, my brain. Something I've never felt in my life at the age of 36, you know. So, anyway, that was me. <laughs> I was started becoming a customer of Destiny Church. I was going there every Sunday, you know. And I'm... You know, this was in May of 2006. So I started attending, actually, Bible study, you know, and I uh, started listening to the message of the of the week and made a lot of good friends, you know. And um, the gambling actually started getting a little better. You know, I stopped for... I was starting to stop months at a time. Not going in at all, you know. So I had a little, wee bit more pocket money, if you know what I mean, ladies and gentlemen. So, yeah. Until actually, my, you know, the, this you're talking May to September. In September, I decided to, as they call it, give your life to Jesus. And what I mean by that is uh, baptism. And I was baptized as a child, you know, as a baby. And, but anyway, the, the meaning of baptism is actually the fact of uh, new life in Jesus, they call it. Renewing of your mind, they call it. And but I tell you, it does work. <laughs> you know, because otherwise, I would, ladies and gentlemen, number one, I would not be here. Number two, I would not be able to speak the way I'm speaking. But number three, let me tell you, what happened there? When I chose to get baptized in 2006, on the 10th of September, when I got immersed into this big swimming pool, and in the name of Jesus, my, you know, uh, came back out. From that day onwards, nine years down the line, I have never, no matter, I still suffer depression, okay? I'm still battling against that, you know, but Jesus has birthed me this time. But what a mainly thing, I have never, never tried to take my life again. Nine years now. And I know in my heart that I will never do well. So during that, when you, during that course of when you started going to Destiny, obviously that first time, and uh, what, uh, and you still had uh, a, a little bit, your gambling was getting better, so what finally nailed it on the head? What stopped it completely? No more gambling, conquered destination one soon for all. Obviously, every addiction has its temptations that we all do there's always the, the, the that sort of kind of sparkle at the side thing and it catches your eye or that luminous kind of thing and think oh let's, let's go back into it you know what I mean what have you now completely conquered gambling once and for all another fantastic question Fraser you know you're so you're really good at what you do you know and uh, thank you all right, pal. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Tell our sexy beast listeners out there of the Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed podcast. We're currently been listening to Marcello talk about his life of addiction and gambling and about being uh, depression. And so, let's. How did you finally nail it on the head? It wasn't me that nailed it on the head, but it was Christ in me that nailed it on the head. Meaning, he made me stronger through the spirit and the mind and the body. Meaning, no means no. So when was the last time you stopped? But the problem is, me personally, and it's, I must say this, ladies and gentlemen, 
self-exclusion law is still not working. So it's not because I'm not allowed back in. I am allowed back in the boogies to this present day, no matter what I've done. And, you know, you can, one day if you fancy, you can read my whole story on online. But, um, you know, it's up to yourself if so you want to go into that. But what I'm going to say to you, Fraser, I know, you know, you've got, you're running a tight schedule here. You've got so many people to, to, to podcast, you know. But what I'm going to say is, okay, when I'm here, you're talking, it's been roughly, I would say, two and a half to three years that I've completely stopped. Right, so it's still fairly new. It is actually fairly new, but I'll tell you one thing, people. Being an addict of whatever sort, okay, it's a daily walk. They call it you're on the wagon, okay, and I'm on this wagon. But the, the, problem, the difference is the wagon is not just me that's got this wagon in my hands. There is the power. I, I call it the Holy Spirit. And there are many people, if you know what I'm talking about, know what I'm talking about, yeah? That's who's with it. I, have, I don't do, do these battles daily for myself. You know, when the, 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 the actual urge comes of the, because of situation, lack of money, basically, right? Okay. And obviously addiction attacks in these forms of whether it's stress, whether it's an argument, whether it's something going wrong, you can't get this done, you can't get that done, especially yeah. if you have depression, that you actually, basically, I'm still on this wagon, all right? And I will always be on this wagon because I know how to say no inside of me, in my brain, in my heart, in my soul, that it's the wrong thing to do, and no matter what, the money that I gambled will never come back if I keep on gambling. Only way they could come back is through hard work. Mm-hmm. That's it. So over these, over these sort of two and a bit years, even though you Well, I would say touching very three, yeah? So okay. say three, three years, over these three years kind of thing, would you, and you still have the, the ups and downs of being... Uh, bed bound with the bipolar and things do you still have have you actually ever okay with being have you ever slightly fallen off the wagon one and done something and going oh and just felt why did I do that why did I just suddenly go in that bookies and put a bet on why did I just and suddenly realise not no more I need to just nip it in the bud right now and get back on this wagon and never going back there again have you ever had that have you ever fought because it's you ever really fallen off slightly, but you just got back straight back on. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, so many times during the day, I mean, you can't get away from gambling establishments in, in the UK and I'm sure all over Europe and America and everywhere, you know. But anyway, with the city where I live, yes, I can just be, because an addiction is like a smell. You have this... Um, uh, a negative aroma going inside. Even when I walk in front of a bookies, okay, there is number one the the past of thoughts, yeah, okay, of negative thoughts that I used to go to these places. Number number two is the fact that there is something stirring up inside me that I've been trying to pull me back in to go to win that ten pound, twenty pound, a hundred pound, a thousand pound, whatever it is. But no, I don't go back in, okay. And the thing about the bipolar and the thing about the depression, yeah, I still have relapses. Yeah, I'm still battling against that. You know, that's why I'm not to, I'm not in in work. You know, I, I've tried so many times, and this is the thing about bipolar people, people with depression. 
They try to get back up on their feet. They try to do things and they try to get back to a job, you know. And many, many people accomplish this, you know. And I believe that I will be able to get back into to working, you know, full time the way it used to be, if not better, you know. What I do believe in is that we do things by taking gambles in different ways in our life. Whether it could be opening up a shop, whether it could be uh, to make, to, to make, you know, whether it's a cafe, you know. And I, I've actually risked my life, you know, uh, physically in trying to do these things. Like I fell from a ladder three years ago. I was not supposed to really be up that ladder. But at the same time, I was okay at the time because this is the difference between when you're low and when you're high, they call it. Okay, you're, you're invincible as in the fact that you have so much energy and you're so much focused and everything. But I was up in this ladder changing a shop sign, okay? And the wind hit the last, hit the back of the, the, um, the sign. One boat left for me to take the sign down. It was a guy actually holding the ladder downstairs, this guy which... Anyway, long story with this guy. But actually that day, I ended up waking up in hospital with a fractured skull, five places, broken collarbone, dislocated arm and wrists, and I lost 95% of my hearing on the left. But I woke up on morphine. And I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> to me that's my miracle as well. Number one miracle, no more suicides since 2006 and that was my biggest miracle or change of life whatever you want to call it for the people that don't believe which I have respect for okay I really do you know don't, we're all the same we're all human we all make choices and we all but anyway yes that was a wake up call saying to me Marcello <laughs> I was like quite stubborn actually at the time you know and uh, I still went and opened up the shop uh, but prior to that, yeah, as Fraser mentioned before, salsa dancing, you know, um, I actually um, started salsa straight after my came into the new city where I live and uh, actually, you know, started taking up salsa dancing. I went back to my old, younger days. I started taking dance lessons and I started teaching salsa and bachata and merengue, you know, after like two years. And it was great, actually. That was like my... I became my addiction, you know? So going straight back onto the story where I was saying to you, as in from the salsa, when I fell from the ladder, this was on a Thursday of the 1st of September 2012. On the, the Monday, I was actually out of hospital the day after of the accident, you know? And um, I had, obviously, a sling on my left, I'm left-handed ladies and gentlemen, and I was had a sling on it. So, but I was actually back in um, the, the salsa club, dancing away with one hand, and all my friends would say, hey, Marcello, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be recovering, by the way. And they all came up to me, because I have, thank God I have good friends, really good friends that have supported me through these illnesses that I've had, you know, and um, still kind of battle through. Because a good friend and a good family member, both the same, really, you know, because you can choose your friends, you can't choose your family, but thank God I've got a good family, okay? I've had a lot of good support, and a friend, a real friend, is a friend that's there for you when you're in times of need yourself, whether it could be through illness or lack of things, whatever, you know, whatever it is. So that's what friendship is all about. And I've got to thank 
to my friends here, and Fraser's one of them. You know, he's been with me uh, through the, the thick and thin, as they call it here in Scotland. So, the anyway, so yeah, uh, dancing salsa, and after two weeks I had my operation, and uh, you know, they put a piece of titanium into my, sh my, my shoulder here. Um, and uh, six weeks after the operation, I was dancing away, you know, still, and obviously I could use two arms after the operation, even though I had a relapse of four weeks in between the operation and when I went back out to people, if you know what I mean, because out of the house. But I actually just uh, went for physiotherapy, a first appointment, and they asked me to show them what kind of movement I had in my arms and my body and uh, so I showed them and it says uh, Marcello uh, what kind of exercises have you been doing to be so agile after such short time after your operation because I have a nice big scar ladies and gentlemen you know um, and I just answered them the truth I says I go salsa dancing you know I'm a salsero <laughs> and uh, <laughs> The nurse said to me, the, the doctor actually, she said to me, I'm sorry, but I'm, we're not able to do any better than what you have done with salsa through um, physiotherapy. That's good. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so salsa is good. Dance. Dance your feet off, you know. <laughs> so basically, from your salsa days and your, so obviously just to kind of wind this, sort of kind of the, the time up, what would you, would you, how would you say you are now with your are you with being the three years pretty much clean or still kind of had the odd temptation or f the odd fall off the wagon uh, and got back on how would you say things are now going forward what's your kind of um, but are you more cause you, would you say kind of it's slowly fizzling out of the gambling side totally and it's more that you're concentrating on the, the, the you just got to try and get your health in the, in the bipolar side of things more conquering that next hurdle in a sense because that's more in a sense more of a longer term thing sometimes than it is gambling if you see my point As a, but what's your sort of next thing now going forward it's 2015 we're in the third month already what's your sort of forecast to go forward from now onwards Okay, another great question, uh, Fraser. Uh, the <laughs> you said if I ever fell off the wagon, actually during the three years, and actually thinking back and being honest with the people here, and especially with myself and with you, Fraser, I think I have going back. I've probably fallen off maybe three or four times for one day at a time to go into. That's actually been in the last year and a half completely clean. But yes, I have been maybe once or twice. Or actually three times, as I said, you know, that I've actually stepped into the bookies, which I was self-excluded still, you know, and they've allowed me to gamble that, I can't remember, it was 20 or £30 or something, you know, and I lost, <laughs> and once actually I won, but I saw, you know, so, but yes, I have, that's happened, but now, where am I now? Hmm. One and a half year, completely clean, yeah, from gambling, even though I'm still battling against this um, depression, you know, which is actually much better. I've changed my lifestyle. As I said, the diet, okay, what we eat, has been helping me. And I've been reading more into the Word because you don't automatically go to a church, you know, you get saved, yes, and you get baptized, fantastic, because it saved my, brought me my first miracle, as in never, you know, kept suicide anymore, renew of the mind. 
But I was a lazy reader for most of my life, you know, very lazy. So I've actually started uh, a year and a half ago, and especially even the last few months, okay, I've actually been changing my lifestyle a lot, as in reading a lot more about the scriptures and actually listening to TBU uh, UK, Channel 65 on Freeview Television, where there's a lot of uh, pastor message and a lot of people that do believe that have actually given some great preaching uh, over this channel and uh, then I'm reading a book of uh, Joseph uh, Prince, an amazing pastor from Korea and um, I'm listening to that and actually a very, very, very dear friend of mine gave me a book called The Curse is Broken um, which I've read completely and that's helped me through my journey, you know, uh, with uh, the connection now, I know lately, ladies and gentlemen, I've been mentioning a lot about Jesus, God, you know, and the reason why I'm, I say this is because in my heart, my soul, my words, you know, my mind, it comes out naturally to me. It's not because I'm trying to advertise, okay? This is really focused about me as a, an individual and what you, you God find, has done and Jesus has done for me. You found, so personally, for your, your experience in your life, you found it being... Uh, following God's ways uh, has been more beneficial to you uh, in your life and help what's brought you pretty much giving you the strength to get through what you're going, what you've been through and going through uh, in life uh, kind of over the course of the period of time from from the, when the gambling started. Well, it was still from the gambling started, but obviously since you started, go, say ever since you went to that meeting and your mother uh, encouraged you to go to, you've now found it's been a solve a good rock to place your life on absolutely because before my life was placed on the sands and that's why i kept on crumbling but the rock yes jesus is my rock and because he, he he's forgiven me and that took me this is where maybe the problem has been no no maybe it is i know the fact that forgiveness you know the biggest tool that a human being could ever use not only number one for themselves, but especially even for the person that's done them wrong, you know, and what matter what the, the the scenario has been of the accusation or misjudgment or mischaracter or, you know, of uh, mistreatment, you know, of words or actions. But what I'm forgiven, I could not forgive myself for all the things that I've done until I actually started reading these books and uh, actually renewing my mind with information about the scriptures and to be on totally honest with you the bible you know i've not read much of it but the holy spirit in me has actually given me all this and i must admit my mother's teaching and you know and i have a good brother and i've got good friends as well or a christian and non-christian as well you know friends you know it doesn't uh, believers or non-believers because everybody has good and good and 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 bad in them but i believe that that's the way it is. We're human beings. We all make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. You know, but um, the forgiveness side about, since I've realized that our creator, okay, forgives us as long as we make an acknowledgement as a confession to him, okay, or her, you know, to, uh, or her, you know, as in one persona, you know, that we can actually go forward on that by saying to them in prayer or just speaking out or wherever we are. It doesn't have to be a church because I believe church is within the spirit, within the soul and within the person, you know. 
that's my thing, you know, or, um, you know, if it's, you know, so confession, basically, you know, and you just say, ask for being sued. That you're sorry, sure. yeah. and I, I, I am sorry. The thing, but so I can do that day by day. So you've, you've found, yeah, so you found it kind of it's been your rock, and it's now you got you. Absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. So just to kind of, we're gonna close. It, what to final words to people who are suffering from gambling and maybe are going through depression as well with uh, being other addictions, yeah, other other. What would you do on a on a quick solve? Quick few words, very few words to advise them, or what would you say to try and to help them get out of this vicious circle they're in? Okay, I will start with non-believers first. My my my. Uh, just just no. Just quick words. Quick words to these people. Yeah. To, okay. No, number no, one. Number no one. Forgive yourself. Okay. Number yeah. two. Seek help. Wherever it is, wherever it is, you can be honest with people, they're honest with you. Whichever organisation it is, charity, non-charity, you know, through government and everything, or private. Number three, have a really, really good diet. No fizzy juice, actually, too much, you know, <laughs> even though it's a hard one to come off with. But anyway, have a good drink. Lots of veg, lots of uh, exercise, very important for who suffers depression, to walk, even if you don't go to the gym or something or dance or whatever walk you know walk just keep walking get yourself a dog get yourself a cat get yourself a, a little any any anything whatever motivation basically okay to, for exercise breathing techniques very important okay fresh air surrounding yourself I think it's very important if you have gambling friends, if you have ga uh, people that drink a lot or, you know, and you want to get away from these addictions, sex, you know, all these things, you know, because a lot of, uh, a lot of problems in the world, I believe, ladies and gentlemen, is between relationships, because of relationships with people, you know, and emotions. And these are all connected to the way we feel and there's traumas from our, our childhood and all these things. So it's all pretty much related so what I'm saying to you, uh, and I really, for the, for the love of your life, the love of your children, the love of your people that you have around you, you know, to, to, to motivate yourself in all these ways, as in, as I said, and I'm, I think I'm on number five here. Sorry if I jumped from one side to another. I'm just so excited about this interview. And, you know, it's been a lot happening in my life and it's, it's given, kind of given me this kind of, sort of character of passion for what I believe in, and I really believe in this, you know, and what, how you can change people. So, yeah, please, please forgive yourself. Please, please seek help. Please, please eat well, drink well. Please, please surround yourself with positive people. Meaning, if you have friends, you have to learn to say no. Meaning, if a friend says, let's go to the pub, let's go to the gambling establishment, come on, man, it's going to be good fun. Come on, we can win this, we can win that. That Coca-Cola, remember? That sandwich, remember? Yeah. Nothing's free in this world apart from love. Okay, so please... Get help. Yeah, get help, Fraser, but at the same time, please say no to the people that are trying to pull you with them. Because if they have a problem themselves, how are they going to supposed to help you? You have to help yourself with people around you. So change your life direction in a more positive way. Okay. Because you are worth a lot. I'm able to 
I'm going to wrap that interview up there. It's been a very interesting interview of Marcello's life and um, regarding how he's got over his hurdles. Um, and what we're going to do, we'll probably split this interview. Uh, by, I'm going to say I have a part, a part one and a part two because it's been a long, long chat and it's been a very interesting chat. We're hoping uh, our, our audience out there, to our sexy beast listeners of the Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed podcast, that you have uh, got some wonderful information from this and you find it very helpful and it'll benefit you. And if you want to get more information regarding the interview or like you uh, some more info or maybe you'd like to chat to Marcello uh, personally or email him, you can contact the podcast show at hattrickandramsey at gmail.com and we can certainly pass your details on to him and he can contact you at his will if you'd like to have somebody to talk to. But I want to say thank you again for the time, Marcello. Thank you for attending the, or being a part of the podcast interview. Thank you. Well, Fraser, I really thank you for this opportunity to share uh, a long so, series of my life. So, and, and thank you, basically. And thank you, you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to me. I know I can um, rattle on for a long time, but um, be safe, yeah. be strong. And that was uh, certainly that was without Red Bull, so he certainly done right. So, doesn't give away. Yeah, fly. water's good. Or actually, I'm drinking aloe vera king here. Aloe vera drink. And he didn't. Uh, and he didn't fly away. Some so, coffee sometimes. And, and he didn't fly away, which is a good thing. So, uh, gives you wings, Red Bull. But anyway, thanks again and good night. Uh, not good night, well, good day, whatever you are in the world and listening listening to this. We thank you again for listening and we say goodbye. So goodbye. Bye. Ciao. All right. Thank you for listening to part two of the Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed interview with Marcello, the Italian stallion of Scotland. I want to thank you for uh, talking about his time in gambling, how he sort of conquered it and also regarding his depression, how he found out he was bipolar. We just wanted to thank you for the insight of his life uh, to, to the people around the world. And if you struggle with any of these problems and you'd like some more information uh, or like to chat to Martel, please contact us at Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed uh, sorry, Hattrick and Ramsey at gmail.com um, so and we will happily pass your details on to Marcello and he can drop you an email and chat to you at some point uh, regarding your situation or maybe you can share stories uh, and hopefully you'll be able to help, encourage and help each, help each other because that's the kind of guy he is. He wants to be able to help uh, others um, through the, the same type of troubles that he's had or still struggling with uh, in, in a small way. So I want to thank you again for Marcello uh, and for his time on the on the podcast and please stay hard stay hungry stay focused and let's as i said let's win so let's leave with basically there's no easy way out one of marcello's uh so favorite songs from the rocky uh films rocky four so please stay hard and stay hungry peace love and hugs bye for now
Show! 